And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Football and Grits. It is Monday, October 11th, and I am your host, David Oven, here with my co-host, Andy Staples, talking SEC football. Andy, I was consulting with some sources this weekend, um, and they told me there was some good football over the weekend. I don't know if you've heard the same through the grapevine, um, but but just it feels like there's some buzz about there were some really good football games on Saturday. Um, sources, you gotta you gotta check those sources. <laughs> now it was well, it you know, I I didn't we didn't run anything about it yet. I was still you know consulting, um, but just at an unbelievable weekend of games across the sport, um, but especially. Saturday night on CBS. Andy, I remember when people were mocking CBS for taking Alabama oh, and Texas A&M you mean, in prime you time. You mean us last week here. Yeah, I would the, never do people. that. I would never do that, Andy. I thought this was going to be a Texas A&M runaway. I was surprised that Alabama was able to hang, rally. Uh, you know, you can't let Alabama hang around like that, uh, Andy. But, uh, no, Alabama, obviously, we, we've mentioned on the show this year, the Florida game were some 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 alarm bells. Uh, they looked uh, otherworldly again against Ole Miss, but this is just not the Alabama team that your older brother is used to, Andy. This is a really good Alabama team. I think they're the second best team in the country still, but they're not gonna just blow everyone's doors off. And we saw that with an A and M team that just was really surprising. <sighs> You know, the biggest takeaway for me was, for one, you know, the Zach Calzada thing is is, is pretty obvious. Um, A&M sort of getting up off the mat um, after letting Alabama roll, you know, rally, take the lead. But for me, that first half, Mike Elko, the blitz packages, I have not seen an Alabama offensive line that confused. I mean, ever, maybe? It, yeah. it was wild to me. They were guessing on every snap and guessing wrong, and Bryce Young was getting harassed. You didn't see it as much in the second half, but they built that that uh, that cushion in the first half to, to get let them do that. And, you know, I, I think to, for me, I'll just say I think Saturday was more about A&M getting right than Alabama doing a ton of things wrong. Alabama didn't play well, um, but I, I'm not – I don't know what you make of Alabama. I, I, I still think they're the second-best team in the country. I don't at the moment, but the problem is the number two team is is pretty nebulous at this point, and I actually think yeah. it might be Ohio State, which has already taken a loss as well. So, <laughs> listen, I don't know how to break this to everybody. Most undefeated or most national champions in the playoff era aren't undefeated. So, yes, these teams can take some losses and still win national titles. For for Alabama, it, it seemed like the Malachi Moore ejection really really hurt them. And mm-hmm. we're just used to Alabama being able to, to, to quote Nick Saban, poop out another five-star. Uh, well, they couldn't do that in the immediate game. They were in the middle of things, 
They didn't have anybody as good as Malachi Moore, and it showed. Uh, as far as the, the pressure went, there were situations also where they were sending more than Alabama had left in the block, and that's on the quarterback to get the ball out. Mm-hmm. And, and now he needs some help, I think, from his play caller sometimes. And, and you saw it, like, later in the game, they did start to do some things to try to turn A&M's pressure against. Like, there was a really good draw to Brian Robinson. But I, I just – the whole time I was watching Bryce Young get demolished – I'm going, where are the screens? Have they forgotten where the page in the playbook is with the screens? Like, just use this pressure against them. And it seemed like they, they didn't want to do that, and maybe it's because they're not as comfortable doing that as as they should be. But there were issues that you, don't, you just don't usually see from an Alabama team at this point in the season. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I would imagine they can get that tightened up and uh, – this doesn't happen to them again. But the, the Texas A&M getting right part, absolutely. Texas A&M has really good talent. They, they have enough talent to go toe-to-toe with anybody in the country. What we were worried about, obviously, was you know the offensive line with some moving pieces. You know, Kenyon Green's been moved around a few times. Uh, they've had some injuries. That group looked good. And then Zach Calzada suddenly looked amazing. You know, I, I don't know what changed from week to week, but – he struggled against Arkansas. He struggled against Mississippi State, and then against Alabama. And the drop in the bucket throw he, he made to Anaya Smith was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, now he, the the thing is, you knew he had that in him because you the, the touchdown he threw against Colorado was an incredible throw too. So mm-hmm. his arm was never in question. It was decision making, get the ball out in time, that sort of thing. It seemed like a, a switch had been flipped, and that's the thing. If if that's the case. That AM is capable of winning every game left left on its schedule. Now, I, I'm not not gonna predict that because we haven't seen this more than once. But if we do see it more than once, then they should be pretty excited. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical that we're gonna see that from AM. We'll talk a little bit more about them here in a second. But I the alarm bells were going off for me on Alabama when they started doing things that we don't see them do. You know, Bryce Young, he runs to throw. That's been his MO forever correct since we've seen him and when he started tucking and running i was like huh <laughs> he's not he's not feeling the same level of confidence that we saw from him in the first month and a half of the season that, well, that he pressure could, he could not get away from texas a&m's yes. pass rushers the, the difference yes. was when it was miami when it was florida when it was old miss he could escape and then reset and he'd give himself mm-hmm another second or two to throw. He couldn't buy himself any more time because the A&M guys were just getting to him. Yeah. And Alabama gets a first and goal at the four. Throw, 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 kick. That is not the Alabama that we that we have come to see. Hold on. Uh, I'll, that, I'll, be, I'll be the Alabama fan who just threw a brick through his TV. Run the damn ball, O'Brien! Run. <laughs> Absolutely wild. Uh, that, that was... That was confounding I think because they had really started to lean on the Aggies and from the coaching decision perspective you know they settled for a couple short field goals there it felt like Alabama that whole time felt like well we're gonna win this game just keep playing they didn't do the Alabama did not panic you saw them just keep playing just keep playing and they pretty much did they just kept running they kept pace and they got ahead of A&M there later they didn't do anything crazy they got the blocked punt that was really the only 
massive play. They just outplayed AM in the second half. And I, you know, watching that game, I don't buy into the idea that they got up a touchdown and sort of took the foot off the gas. I think AM's made a bunch of really good no, plays. No, they were, they were I didn't still see that trying. At AM's just yeah. good. They have but really I, good it was, players. But it was, I, when, when Alabama went up, it felt like, well, are they going to win this thing by two scores or three scores? Because it felt like, well, A&M's cooked, and they were not cooked. Um, so props to them for that. And I think one thing that we're glossing over, too, is A&M getting that defensive stop. Alabama got the ball back with, what, three and a half minutes left in their own yeah, territory? It huge. felt like, well, here comes the Bryce Young drive that sort of, you know, he hasn't really had a, a true, I guess, Heisman moment or something like that. Uh, and they didn't. I, they, did they go three and out? I believe it was a, f- a pure three and out. They might have had a first down. They didn't really get anything cooking. Yeah, they, they couldn't uh, get moving. It, it was it was a, a great defensive stop by Texas A&M considering they had not been able to stop them the previous yeah. few drives. Like, it looked like Alabama had sort of unlocked something. Yeah, and Andy, you and I already talked about this on Saturday, and I couldn't shake it watching the game. I felt bad for the Aggies a little bit because – this what this wasn't quote unquote the year necessarily. You know, last year they did some big things, but this year you got a new quarterback, you got a rebuilt offensive line. I must admit I'm probably guilty of slightly overhyping before the season. But this is a really good team. Uh or a really talented team, I suppose. They haven't looked like a good team. Right. But it, it, for them to get through to pieces. this point and you've already got two losses, and then you finally climb back over that Alabama hump for the first time in a decade. Uh, you know, a and maybe the key to beating Alabama for A&M is just get two losses every year and then play, and yeah, then that, play that Alabama. That is what happened in 2012. But, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, if there were a 12-team playoff this year, A&M's sitting pretty. You know, they, they'd yeah. find a way in as long as they kept playing well, and another loss like the ones they took would knock them out. But you'd need a 2007-type year, and I I said this on on – the show Saturday night and people from outside the SEC were like, you SEC Homer. <laughs> I said, maybe it's a 2017 Auburn scenario. Cause remember if Auburn had won the SEC championship in 2017, they would have made the playoff with two losses. I suppose that could happen here, but it would require all manner of chaos everywhere else. And it- I'm just, not, I, I'm just not a believer in a and I, I really think this is a Super Bowl situation. I think the offense will regress to the mean a little bit. I think they drop at least one more. I, the consistency is what we needed to see from the offensive line, from Calzada. They haven't been able to lean on teams. I don't think Alabama losing Jalen Weidermeyer multiple times in the first half. I, I don't know what happened there. That 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 He's was a very one of the large human. Things. It's uh, it's hard to lose him, but they managed. He's like their best target. If it's either him or I mean, I guess you could say Anaya Smith. They, they don't really have but that it, sort of. But go-to it wasn't Anaya Smith game, before this game. I mean, Anaya yeah. Smith. They they wanted to use like. They've always wanted to use Anaya Smith and, and Devon A. Chain the way they use them. But mm-hmm. we haven't really, other than the Orange Bowl last year, we haven't really seen them use him use those guys like that. And then mm-hmm. Weidermeyer's been their most consistent kind of down-the-field target. Well, when, when Smith and A. Chain are doing what they're doing, it makes it much more difficult to cover Weidermeyer because you've got to employ resources. And, and you don't, yeah. and then move Smith and A. Chain around which is very confusing for a defense. And that was supposed to be the whole point. Like they, they had these two guys who are receiver slash running back slash whatever you want them to be. And they would move them around the offense and they would confuse defense. And they just hadn't done that to this point. And then yeah. you see it work, and which is weird because we saw that work in the Orange Bowl. But, but you yeah. see it work 
against Alabama, and you're like, how could they not do this against everybody? A&M is such a weird team. Like, building the entire team out of tight ends and running backs. And, like, it, they're just that's, the, that's nobody not, looks or plays like the entire right team out of. I know, but that's what they are. Yeah, that's I what mean, they are right DeMond now. Demas has not turned into the receiver. Everybody thought he'd be. Caleb Chapman has been hurt a lot most mm -hmm. of his career, as a matter of fact. Uh, they, they should have downfield receiving threats on the outside. They just. You know, for whatever reason, have either not been able to develop them or they keep getting hurt. I mean, Caleb Chapman was coming into his own in the Florida game last year when he got hurt, and then he's yeah. just been nicked up a lot of this year too. So, but I think, I think what we saw is a team that that is capable of winning every game on the rest of its schedule. But what we saw before this Alabama game suggests to us that it won't. And it's up to you, Texas A&M, to prove us wrong. You know, it's up to yeah, you to legitimately, prove that, I, that was that that was the norm and not what we saw before. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where A and M, obviously the talent is there. Our good friend uh, Buddy Elliott's blue chip ratio. I'm a big believer in it. Uh, the 12 team playoff might break it, but we'll see. Um, you know, I think they're they're in there. Uh, basically, what 13 teams that have recruited well enough to win a national title. A and M's in there. The talent is is obvious. It jumps off the page. Jimbo's recruited really well. But this is a team that if they lost two more, I wouldn't be shocked. If they went undefeated, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, the talent's there. The production has not been there. And, and we'll see um, in the back half of the season uh, what they've got in store. There's a lot of teams still capable of beating them. Um, and But they're capable of beating every other team on their schedule. Well, Alabama was the only game where it was they were going to be facing an uphill battle um, in terms of talent and, and all that. And uh, David, let's, let's talk about the Crimson Tide, though, because they're going yes. to Starkville this week. To play a team that beat Texas A&M <laughs> at Kyle Field. I mean, okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not – I think you're going to get an angry Alabama team. I think Alabama didn't – obviously the offense was completely out of sorts in the first half. I mean, are you worried about this ball game? I'm, I'm not at all. Not particularly because Alabama knows how to, how to defend the air raid. Yes. I, I think they'll be okay. Now, here's the thing. If there are holes in the secondary – like there were last because like you, you can't play you can't play what you're used to playing there's a way to defend the air raid and, and you've got you kind of got to play it that way and mm -hmm. but the thing is Alabama is usually disciplined enough to do that uh, will Rogers has looked incredibly comfortable in that role at quarterback at Mississippi State and you know last year you could kind of see it coming and look he had a good game last year against Georgia's defense. Now it's not the same Georgia defense as the one this year. There were there, there were guys banged up and, and everything, but yeah, you know, this is a guy who's not going to be afraid of this situation. And and remember, Mississippi State has had a bye week. I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to say bye week. I don't want you and, and Ralph Russo to get over an open date to <laughs> Ralph prepare. is more Ralph is more vigilant than I am. I am mildly annoyed by that and yes. fall camp. I try to yes. go idle week and preseason yes, pre camp. Preseason yes. camp. Yes, yes. But <laughs> but Mississippi State had an extra week to prepare for this game. So I, I look at the 17-point the spread, and I think, I, I don't know. I mean, this this could be a tougher game for Alabama than, than people realize. And there have been times when Mississippi State has challenged them, especially when they're thin on defense. Remember the 2017 game where it was the first time Devontae Smith got a game-winning touchdown pass mm -hmm. at Alabama? And they struggled to to get to that point, uh, but Jalen Hurts, you know, hits 
hits Devontae Smith late in the game, and, and they end up winning the game. But but Alabama at that point was down. I think they had like a former walk-on playing linebacker, and, and it was the thinnest you've seen Alabama's defense really since Saban got it going at that point. It feels like Alabama's defense is precariously – you know, not they're they're not that thin, but they are in a position where it's not three deep at every position. If somebody goes out, no problem, just plug them back in. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, here, here's, where I'll, here's where I might give you something on the Mississippi State front. The Zach Arnett 335... Um, defensively is very uh, is often compared to the triple option on offense. You hear that a lot uh, mm-hmm. when West oh, Virginia was cooking. And if you can get Bryce Young's eyes to lie to him, which the three three five is very good at, and you can keep the offensive line guessing, hey, guess what? I'm guessing that Mississippi State's going to steal some of those blitz packages that A that A and M brought. Uh, probably some similar some similar looks to confuse the offensive line. If you can get him, Bryce Young started missing some throws. He looked pretty uncomfortable. That was not the Bryce Young we saw in the first five or six weeks of the season. A&M was the first team to really push him and really make him really uncomfortable, and I think you're going to see some similar things. And the three three five is just a different defense to prepare for. Um, it doesn't get the same amount of pub um, as the obviously the triple option. It doesn't look quite that differently in real life, but you know your keys and and reading it is very very different, and you can move guys around and do some really uh, difficult things to understand as an offensive line. And as a young quarterback. So, uh, I feel like we're going to get an Alabama flex game, Andy, of a 41-10 type of situation. Um, but I think if they do struggle and then they do, uh, you know, play with their food a little bit here, it's going to be because that three three five is lying to Bryce Young's eyes. They find a way to pressure him. And it's not going to be because – I mean, Mississippi State, I just don't believe, is going to be able to score a ton in this game. Uh, if they score more than 24, I'll be floored. But I think they can slow down Alabama, and if they do, that that three three five and, and Zach Arnett are, are going to be why why they pull that off. Let's not forget clanga 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 clanga. Look, <laughs> I I think I, I, listen, 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 made listen. a big difference this season. It has, but compared to one hundred and six thousand at Kyle Field, I think the, no, it will not be as loud as Texas A and M. It will not. It will not. Kyle is Kyle is you know. It's up there. Uh, certainly, you know, if you wanted to make the argument that that's, you know, the loudest or the best atmosphere in college football, you could probably make that argument. It's up there. Uh, which is a good segue, Andy, into our next point. We didn't hear Alabama talk as much about it after the game, but Georgia did when they went to Auburn. And I had my, my, my good friend Cheese, 
uh, actually texted me, <laughs> texted me uh, Saturday night, and we were talking, and he was saying, I think we have really underestimated the value of home field advantage. And Kirby Smart said half his team has never played in an environment like they played in, Ar- in, in Auburn. Georgia hadn't played in a truly hostile environment since 2019 at Auburn. Yeah. And they sucked mm-hmm. the air out of the building pretty quickly. So really it had been for, for Georgia since 2018 at LSU that they'd face that. But mm-hmm. you've seen that. You've seen it all year. When, when Alabama went to Florida, you saw it. When Influenced the game. Yeah. When, when Florida went to Kentucky, you absolutely saw it. Eight false starts. For the games, yep. um, Alabama, Texas A and M, Georgia, Auburn, all those games you saw where a loud, boisterous crowd. Auburn going to Penn State, you you saw a loud, boisterous crowd have a real effect on the visiting team. Yeah, I, I don't think you see it every single game, but those top tier environments, we did not get those last year. We didn't get the, like you said, the Penn State whiteout, the swamp, like it was Kyle Field. Uh, Although Dan Mullen might disagree with us, Kyle Field was not full last year. It was not was not loud like it was on Saturday night. And those top tier where it really feels like your insides are rattling, uh, we haven't seen those, and those can influence the game. And, and I think we saw that on Saturday night. I mean, you know, if they if they played that game in in, in AT and T Stadium, I, I think Alabama wins that game. I, so credit to the Aggie fans for for bringing it uh, on Saturday night. That looked uh, like a completely insane atmosphere. And uh, the first field storming for the Aggies in a little while. Um, I'd have to go back and look. It's I'm been, sure Ross Bjork happily signed that $250,000 <laughs> yeah. check to the SEC uh, <laughs> with, with no questions asked. Yes, exactly. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I think um, you know this year SEC home teams are 37-8, and eight, but only 11-7 and seven in, uh, in conference play. But like I said, I, I don't know that that's a trend that's going to translate to every single game and every single atmosphere, but... When you got to go on the road and play somewhere, you're going to really face a, a challenge that just was not there last year. Um, and I think the coaches are, are dealing with that and and uh, and and having to prepare a little bit more for that um, than they did uh, a year ago. And we'll be interested to see if, if that you know where we see that the rest of the season. Uh, Andy, we touched on it last week. Uh, LSU has gotten worse. The situation has not improved. That was ugly. 35-7. I, I thought Kentucky was going to win that game just because I think they're a better team this year. I did not think that LSU would be staring down a four-touchdown deficit in the second half there. I mean, they're in the middle of, I believe it's six games against top 20 competition. They got four more ahead of them. They've lost the last two. Uh, they should have beat Auburn. They did not. They absolutely should not have beaten Kentucky. They got outplayed in that game. I think, um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, they're 24-7 talent composite, Andy. Do you know where LSU ranks? I would think LSU ranks somewhere between 5 and 10. 5. Okay. Number 5. So, raw talent, how you've recruited, how you've retained your roster. LSU, the fifth most talented team in the country. Uh, Andy, they are not the fifth best team in the SEC. <laughs> They are not the fifth best team. They're not the fifth know, best anyway. team in the SEC West. Yeah, they may not be. Uh, that's a problem. And I, you know, again with the Orgeron situation, it feels like a when, not if. Which begs the question: If you're LSU and you're sort of looking into your crystal ball, 
the sort of I won't call it a pipe dream, but I'll call it your best case scenario. Well, let's, the Jimbo let's talk, let's was always talk about out there. the game. The game first, because okay, this is the type of game that make because I know Scott Woodward has not done the midseason firing thing. Like he he mm-hmm. kept Tyrone Willingham and went when he went zero and twelve at Washington. Uh, Kevin Sumlin finished the regular season out at, at Texas A and M when that move got made, but. Look at this game coming up. You know, you know how much LSU fans hate 11 a.m. local kickoffs because that cuts into the tailgating time. Pretty, you can't pretty eat gumbo for breakfast. Yeah, so you got an 11 a.m. local kickoff. They're all they're out. They are out on Ed Orgeron. They're done. Mm-hmm. Florida's coming in, pretty much needing a win. Florida's already got two SEC losses. Florida's a Florida's a nine and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, you've just lost Kayshawn Boutte. You've lost Gay. You are in in deep deep trouble if you're LSU. So if Florida comes in and does what Vegas thinks they're going to do in front of what might be a half empty stadium, and and yes, I am I am saying it's half empty, not half full. Uh, <laughs> do you do it now, just to say, hey, we're we're doing something? Well. I mean, again, I think some of this comes down to personal philosophy. I'm really a, uh, if you're going to do it, don't drag it out guy. I don't think it helps anything. I just think it makes it more toxic. It costs you more money. I think if you, I mean, at, at some point it becomes a a financial question, right? Because if you are not making a move in Ed Orgeron, on Ed Orgeron when you feel like it should happen, if I'm a fan, I'm saying I'm not going to go. I want to send a message to the administration, and I but want they, to say, uh, not, they've already I'm bought gonna... the tickets. You're not, they're well, not losing that much money by them not going. It just okay, like but okay, that's fair. But I still don't want to show up, and you're still gonna have a terrible atmosphere. You're still gonna have a fan base that just looks like they are not there. I think if you make a move, and I'm a fan, I want to show up. I want to support the players. I want to go and say, hey. Let's end this thing with some positive momentum in the right direction and show whoever, you know, coaches coming in, whoever they're going to hire, that, hey, we've got a good situation here. You know, we're going to support you. All that stuff. I, I do think that that kind of matters you a little also, bit. You also um, could do the what they used to do, where you have the coach coach out the year. Because I, th- I know what part of the worry is, who's the interim? You, you could have him. I, I don't know, but it's if, not if one to two games though. That's a long time to say. Hey, listen, my... I watched. I watched Ron Zook carried off that. Bobby Bowden Field. It's, <laughs> it's he's not, not retiring. I'm guessing wherever whatever happens to Coach O, he'll be back in a year year or two somewhere. Well, he's, a, he's so a too good of a recruiter. Here, it's. I, I'm with you though. I do think it's one of those things you do have to do it if you if it's become apparent that you're going to do it. And I think you're right. I think the LSU fans. Knowing something else is around the corner would provide the great atmosphere, almost do the mm-hmm. sales job. The other thing I would bring up is the last time LSU sent out all the smoke signals that they were going to fire the coach, the coach had time to rally. Now, I don't think this is going to happen this time. I think it's it's too far gone. But with Les Miles in 2015, they had decided to fire him. They were going to fire him after the A&M game, and he had time to rally and basically, everybody in Louisiana is like, of course you're firing. You're going to fire Les Miles. Why wouldn't you fire Les Miles? And, and everybody nationally is like, why would you fire Les Miles? He won a national championship. <laughs> and he ends up getting carried off the field, and they keep him for another year because he had, he had the right people on his side, including the, the governor at the time. 
if you if you feel like you could get politically end arounded, I also think you make the move. Yeah, I, there's all kinds of things that can can go sideways on you. I just think, what's the point? Um, at this point, you know, you know it's not going well. You gave him a chance to reboot the staff. <laughs> it's, uh, it is not working. And so the question then, of course, Andy, is what happens next? So the Jimbo question. I mean, I, I this the search sort of has to start there. Whatever you know, whatever you do, you have to sort of make that call. Here, Jimbo, I'll, I'll, sim- I'll simulate buyout. it. You be Scott Woodward, who hired Jimbo Fisher at Texas A and M. Who's now gotcha. the AD at LSU? You be Scott Woodward, I'll be Jimbo Fisher. Hey Scott, what's going on? Howdy. <laughs> well, Jimbo, let me tell you about this fantastic opportunity we've got here. It's going to cost you zero dollars to take it, but here mm-hmm. at LSU, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we have lots of linemen in the state of Louisiana, and we mm-hmm. have lots of fertile recruiting ground that you don't have to battle with Texas or, uh, or, or well, mostly Texas uh, to fight for. Come to Louisiana. And be LSU's head coach. You've already won some big things here. You haven't done that at AM. AM hasn't done anything. Guess when the last time LSU's won a national championship, Jimbo? So it was like you, you, two you're years telling ago. me all that stuff you told me about Texas AM? Not true? Well, the, the opportunity's there at Texas AM, Andy. Uh, or sorry, Jimbo. The opportunity's there, but the results, the results are at LSU. The results are at LSU, Andy. Jimbo. Did you see me beat Alabama? I did. I also saw you lose to uh, almost try to lose to Colorado, and then lose to Arkansas, and then lose to Mississippi State as well. Yeah, I watched y'all play Kentucky too. Well, that won't happen with you, Jimbo. That won't happen with you. Obviously, obviously. No, I I trust you. you Last time you were right. Last time, staying here. This is the worst (laughs) West Virginia accent ever. Jimbo, I know I'm talking way. It's the the worst West Virginia accent you ever heard. Uh, No, he's staying. He's staying. It's no. The answer's no. I, I I don't know what you do there. I gotta tell you, it'd be a tough decision if I'm him. Uh, I I think the Alabama game changes the the equation a little bit. If they had not just beaten Alabama, and I'm sitting there at what would they be three and three? They're sitting there at three and three. Yeah. The grumbling is beginning. How excited uh, would the LSU people be at that point, though? The I know the oil money checks are still cashing. You know, I I, I, I that would be. I think it changes the equation. I, I don't know what you do. My guess would be Andy that he would stay. I think he will, but I think it's a tougher decision than than you making it sound. I, I, I think I think it's not that tough a decision because he's already built what he wants there, and he doesn't have to go in and rebuild a culture, rebuild but all I, that he, stuff. But I, I think there's something to the fact, you know, two things. One, with Texas coming in, that changes the equation for Texas A&M, trying to be who they believe that they should be. And they're – like, listen – Nobody can explain why A&M, with all the things that you need to be successful, has not done it. I, I don't know why it is. I, I, no one does. They have the money, the support, the facilities, the access to talent. Obviously, the coaching situation has been really good. I don't know why they can't, can't get over the hump. But LSU has. Les Miles won a national championship there, Andy. Ed Orgeron won a national championship. I there. know. I know. Jimbo Fisher is a better coach than those guys. Why, and I, and, and why I, not I, just you know, keep doing what you're doing and not go backward in time two or three years and have to do it all over again what you just you just finished it's not doing exa- I mean because the thing because what we just talked about Andy if you look at the 24/7 talent composite guess who's more talented than Texas A&M that Jimbo yeah. tried to build all right LSU is I still think he says no which means who else and and no. that's the that's the question and I don't, I don't know 
I mean, Billy Napier is the obvious choice here. I think it seems like he's been biding his time, but why not the James shines Franklin? come off him a why, why not Mario Cristobal? Well, why not? You're talking, are you talking about USC coach Jim Franklin or, or James Franklin? Or who are we talking about? <laughs> LSU is a much better job than USC. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. I, I think you could get pretty much – I don't think Jimbo will do it. So let's let's take Jimbo out of the equation. I think you can't get Jimbo. Can't get LSU Nick. borderline top five job. Are we agreeing can't, there? Maybe higher. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't get Dabo. Mm-hmm. Can't get Ryan Day. Can't get Lincoln Riley. Everybody else is Saban. on the board. Saban, obviously. Get Saban I, well, I said I said Saban's not coming. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Can't get Nick Dabo, Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, Kirby Smart. You can't get. Mm-hmm. But but pretty much everybody else is on the board. Who do you want? I'd say that's probably true. Mm-hmm. But you got to get the right guy. And I think fit does matter at LSU. I think you can win. I think it's very – I'm not going to say easy to win at LSU, but it's easier to win there than a lot of other places. But I think LSU is unique culturally, uh, geographically, that if you bring in uh, – who's a good example? I mean, there's a lot of guys who I think would not work super well at USC that are great coaches that would work at a lot of places. They might win some games there, but but it's not going to be a long-term fit. You, you, have you want to a long-term be, fit there. You have to be an aggressive recruiter. You have to recruit yes. like Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney or Kirby Smart. You have to be at that level as a recruiter, which is why I mentioned James Franklin and Mario Cristobal because both those, both those guys are. But mm-hmm. there aren't many. There aren't many who fit that mold who have had success as head coaches. Agree. Um, so is your number one James Franklin then? I th- I think I feel like he'd be a better fit at USC, but if mm-hmm. he if he did the math on the jobs, that LSU might be the better job, and that he might take that. Here's a question for you, Andy. Do you call Joe Brady? I think you call him. And I think Joe Brady says, no, I'm going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach next year. So I'm good. Do you I, want to be the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach more than you want to be LSU's head coach? I mean, it's a lifestyle question more than anything. It's a lifestyle question. And I think Joe Brady's going to say, I would rather coach Trevor Lawrence than recruit. Okay. Uh, do you try and coax Luke Fickle out of the Midwest? Absolutely. You try. I don't know if it works, but that that's one – because he's, he's one you have to kind of kind of dynamite out of where he is. That's mm-hmm. one where he may go, you know what? Uh, okay, let's let's do this. Because mm-hmm. that, that, that's it, the thing. It's I, hard because I, you are saying, look, the last three coaches won a national championship here. Yes. You too can do that. And I think he could. I, again, the talent aspect of it. it. You need somebody who is competent, who is organized, who can aggressively recruit, but... I don't want to say it's easy because it's not, but it's a lot easier than it is literally almost anywhere else. It's probably I, I, easier than anywhere in the in the Big Ten except Ohio State, yes, which obviously 100%. Luke Fickle would probably. Well, Luke Fickle has been Ohio State's head coach, and I, I also I I talked to him about this last kind year, of, right before really, the yes. pandemic, and I think, but I think that period of time that that seven months informs how he makes these decisions. Because he's been in that chair, so he understands it a little differently than than people who haven't been in that that kind of chair. So, yeah, that's the reason I think he'd be very picky about anything. But LSU 
you would have to consider, just like USC, we'd have to at least consider because if you do it right, you can win a national championship. Do you have to have offense or do you call Dave Aranda? Is Dave Aranda doing a good enough job at Baylor? Because he did a pretty poor job his first year. Now, I, they, but does it? But does it? Year. Does it? Is it going to matter if you've won a national championship somewhere as a coordinator? Yeah, I think it matters. I think. I think. But you get you get the hometown and, you get the hometown bump of oh I remember when you were here it was awesome. I think you call him and you talk to him, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'd be down the list. I think you you yeah, you go yeah for head I, I agree down the done. list I agree down the list but would you seriously consider him I I, I think maybe I would definitely um, talk to him because he was a big reason why they won the national championship yeah I, I think what this conversation is proving Andy is that if you you don't if you don't get Jimbo it, it's going to be a little bit of a wild wild search I suspect because it is it, there's going to be a lot of people that have a lot of opinions and. The luxury that LSU finds itself in is how many coaches that are current FBS coaches, Andy, could win an SEC title at LSU? More than a dozen? 15? 20? Probably, I don't know if there's that many, but there's there's probably 10 to 15. There's a lot. Think. And that, that, I think, is the luxury of being LSU Especially I don't you, think many you, other schools have. If you happen to be the LSU coach when Nick Saban isn't at Alabama anymore. That would help. That, that would that's going to that, that's gonna change the dynamics. And Orgeron was, Andy, for what it's worth. Toe-to-toe, beat Nick Saban, beat Alabama, beat everybody by a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, props to, uh, to that LSU team. So LSU's going to be fine. Uh, you know, Ed Orgeron is going to be fine. Um, but this could be a wild search, and it's going to be a very interesting rest of the season in Baton Rouge. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Speaking of new coaches, Andy, Josh Heupel 
at Tennessee. 28 points in the first quarter in two consecutive weeks. Rolls over Missouri, South Carolina. Two teams that have kind of tormented Tennessee in recent years. They're the schools that Tennessee believes that they are just better than and have not been better than for quite some time uh, for a consistent amount of uh, years. And they were a lot better. Saturday, we're going to get to look at, at where this team is. Ole Miss, I'm beginning to wonder how much better the defense really is <laughs> Really is at this point after getting rolled uh, over probably by Probably not. But one thing this defense will not be in this game, unlike Missouri's. Ole Miss's defense you're talking about? Yeah, Ole Miss's defense will mm-hmm. not be surprised by the offense because do you know who helped Josh Heupel <laughs> set up this offense at UCF? Jeff, Jeff Levy. <laughs> so I, I don't think that there will be any surprises on either side of the ball for anybody. I think the team with the better quarterback will win, and that team is Ole Miss. I agree with you. I am, uh, I mean, again, Tennessee is running the same stuff as Ole Miss, but with worse talent. Um, probably on both sides of the ball. They're all certain, I mean, Tennessee's certainly a lot thinner on defense, but the defense has been pretty good. A lot better than I think people expected. The attacking style with Tim Banks has been. Um, has had some success. We'll see. I, you know, the offense, I, 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 Tennessee fans, we tried to warn you last week. You had another week, South Carolina. Listen, I t- stop warning them. Don't let it, let them enjoy this. No, they've they suffered. They can let enjoy, them enjoy it. it. They, I am not against fans enjoying it. I am against fans believing they're going to hang 60 on everybody. But they that's, might that's hang 60 on Ole Miss if they watch it's the Arkansas possible. game. It's possible. They very well might. And, and they and might lose sixty three to they might lose sixty three to sixty, but they might hang the sixty. Offensive, on. The offensive whiplash, though, Andy, I, you know, they're not thinking right. They're not thinking right. I, I so I get it, but this is certainly a, a improved team from a year ago. Um, certainly more fun to watch. Uh, already scored more points in six games, really five and a half games, than they did in ten games last year. Tennessee scored more than twenty one points three times last year, Andy. That is. Yeah, well, as somebody who watched those games, um, yeah, you had to watch them it's all. Very believable. Unfortunately, yeah, twice, it, no. Andy, I had to watch them all twice. Uh, I, I just, I, <laughs> this is this has got to be so much more fun for the Tennessee fans. I'm, I'm happy. Yes, for them. no question. I'm happy no they question. finally get to enjoy watching football. And even if they don't win this game, I bet they will enjoy watching it. I bet this they're... is this is what I said all off season. Is I said, okay, the experience of watching your team, right? Okay. I don't know how much better Tennessee is going to be under Josh Heupel than they were under Butch Jones or under Jeremy Pruitt in moments. I suspect he'll be better than Pruitt and Dooley. We'll see about Butch. I don't know. It's too, too early. Whatever. But I but in the Pruitt era, you know, I, I can't remember what the number was that they scored. I think they scored like, I want to say it was like 21 or 19 touchdowns. I can't remember what the number was over 10 years. I was like, what is the most fun play in the stadium or at your house to celebrate? You score a touchdown, you're high-fiving, your friends, all that stuff. They didn't really get that many of those moments. I was like, this year, they're going to get a lot more of those moments. It's like it's like a very simple number. How many touchdowns did you score? Tennessee's going to score, and they already have, obviously, a lot more touchdowns this season. It's going to be more fun. And they're seeing that. You know, how, how will they finish? I mean, certainly Tennessee is trending a lot closer to you know seven to five, eight and four than they are to five and seven, uh, considering how they've looked. And and that's that's success for them um, this year. What, what's the ceiling? Where do they go? We'll see. Um, but this has been a fun ride for for Tennessee hey, fans. And and Saturday's gonna be a fun game. David, can we talk about the the two remaining undefeated teams in the SEC that play each other this week? 
Can, can we talk oh, about we that? Should. Has, I'll be down George, there. Andy. Has Georgia become so dominant that we just <laughs> accept that they're and, and the verb that we've chosen to use on this podcast feed for what Georgia does to teams is mush. Georgia mushes you mm-hmm. like into a fine paste. And I don't know if that's what's going to happen with Kentucky. Kentucky has been very good this year. Kentucky looked great against uh, against LSU, uh, good at times against Florida, and good enough to this win will the game. Be, this will be the best passing attack Georgia has faced. We'll, we'll get a better sense of where Georgia's at defensively in this game. I don't think it's going to be a 10-point output from Kentucky. I think it's probably in the 20 range, something like that. I think Georgia's going to be able to score enough. I, I, I think this game will be slightly closer than the odds makers would suggest. Three touchdowns. 23 and a half point spread. Listen, that because I didn't really believe that Arkansas could truly be a two-dimensional offense against Georgia, I, I, I felt like early on, the first look, I was kind of like, eh, but by the end of the week, I was like, Arkansas is really going to, they're going to struggle to move the ball. Kentucky's going to move the ball in this game. I, I, I do believe that. Uh, I think they can move the pocket. They can do some really creative things. Um, use uh, Will Levis's legs um, as well, obviously, as his arm. I, I think they're going to be competent here. I don't think they can win, but, Andy, I was looking at the numbers, and I was looking at the schedule, and I was looking at what lies ahead for Kentucky. And we know Georgia at this point, they look like the best team in the country. That seems fairly obvious. But I don't think we've talked about what is at stake if Kansas, I mean, if, if Kentucky can pull the shocker here, Andy. If Kentucky wins this game, and fair, it's a big if. Andy, it, it is time to start talking about playoff Kentucky. Well, yeah. If they win this game, if they can, if anybody can beat this, Georgia, whatever they, they ceiling there was a on this season, contender. like well, if what whatever ceiling there was on it, but that that concept is wild, and whatever ceiling there was on this season for Kentucky is ripped off if they can beat Georgia. You're saying the, ce- State, the ceiling Tennessee. is the roof. As as a the ceiling is the roof. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, North Carolina fans. I'm sorry. Um, it's been a rough week for you. Well, a couple weeks for you guys. I don't know why you're listening to this show. Probably to ease your 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 uh, your. You just uh, don't want to think about North Carolina but, football. But that's but, fair. But at Mississippi State, Tennessee, at Vandy, New Mexico State, that'll be a tough one. At Louisville, Kentucky's going to be uh, at least a touchdown underdog in almost all those games. You mean a touchdown um, favorite? Yeah, sorry, touchdown favorite. Yes. Yeah, they might trip up, but that is. I mean, you know, even if they lose this game. You can still lose one more game, and you're a 10-win team. I know. I mean, that's this Kentucky. We're talking about potentially 11-1 and Kentucky, even if they lose this yeah. game. Yeah. That is yeah. A, a wild deal. And, and you know, Mark Stoops' name is going to come up in all those coaching searches as well. And mm-hmm. uh, if you listen to this podcast feed, you know exactly how we feel about the Kentucky job and what Mark Stoops should say to all of those people. And that is not just no, but hell no. I am staying in Lexington <laughs> where I will be a god among men. Yes. Uh, so, Andy, biggest Kentucky game since when? Since the last time they, they played Georgia with the SEC East on the line in 2018, which was not a particularly close game, but was mm-hmm. the, the SEC East title. Because that, that game, because of the way the schedule fell, happened after both of them had beaten Florida. So it really was, I believe, Georgia clinched by winning it. Uh, in that mm-hmm. in that situation, and it was not close at all. It was never close, 
And it kind mm-hmm. of felt it, it felt going into the game very similar to how this one feels. I don't think Kentucky will get run off the field here. They might. I don't think so. Um, but I'll be in Athens this weekend. I'm looking forward to, to watching that game. Uh, I have not seen uh, Georgia or Kentucky in person yet this year, Andy, so I'm looking forward to it. But um, we'll see. I mean, again, Georgia, I mean, there's not really a case for anyone else as the best team in the country right now. Um, and this is a chance for them to prove it. I mean, they don't really need to impress anybody. Just keep winning. It is what it is. Um, but we'll see if we get a Georgia flex game. The defensive line, I, I, this defense facing a really good passing attack will be will be interesting. Uh, Andy, my phone was blowing up this week. Uh, I am Your from friend Arkansas, Cheese. I obviously, <laughs> it was from from Cheese, but other friends as well. Uh, Arkansas fans, there's a lot of fans who think their team is not good anymore, Andy. And I had to explain Hogwash. to them. I know, right? I had to explain to them. No. You just played the best defense in the country one week and probably the best offense in the country the next week. It's going to be okay. Arkansas fans, Auburn fans who just watched their offense melt against Georgia, it's going to be okay. Y'all Arkansas will be fine. Scored, Arkansas scored 51 against Ole Miss. They lost by a point. They lost Arkansas fans not used to giving up 52. Hit. I know. I know. But the combination of getting shut out one week and losing, giving up 52 the next week and losing, well, our offense stinks, our defense stinks. No, I uh, listen, Arkansas's defense did not play well. They should feel bad about giving up 52 in that ball game. But Ole Miss is really good. The week before, you banged up Georgia's Georgia, whatever. I, I didn't. That didn't tell me anything about the offense. Obviously, considering they put up 51 the next week. But Arkansas and Auburn will be fine. They were not going to contend for national titles, but, you know, Arkansas is probably a borderline top 20 team still. I still think that. Auburn, probably borderline top 25, 30, maybe higher. We'll see. Um, just they're going to be fine. Could Georgia this be is a ball, wrecking Could this be a ball-don't-lie game, David? Because, remember, Arkansas should have won the Auburn game last year, and yes. the, <laughs> the gentleman in the, in the stripes – Kind of took it away from them. So, uh, is yes. is there going to be something weird that happens to to balance the uh, the cosmic forces in the universe? Uh, well, let's hope. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of games being decided by uh, officiating. Let's hope not. Um, but hey, maybe a little home cooking uh, in Fayetteville. We will see. I just, you know, I, I was a little iffy on Auburn coming into the season. Auburn is pretty good. Arkansas, obviously, better than people thought. I mean, I think that's the thing. Arkansas fan, like. Reset expectations are are difficult to deal with, and both of those teams dealt with that. Auburn, nobody really knew what to make of them. I, I thought, you know, a couple things go bad for Auburn. You know, five and seven is looming if they don't play well. And first year, kind of a weird fit. They're not going to go five and seven. They're a really good team. Arkansas had a lot of momentum, but they still, you know, they're in the SEC West. People were feeling like six and six is a pretty good season. Guess what? Arkansas is going to be better than six and six this season. They're good. They're going to be fine. They're really physical up front. You just, again, you played the best defense in the country one week and the best offense in the country the next week. Welcome to life in the SEC. It's not great. It's rough. Um, that's why they pay you, what, $50 million a year um, in, t- in TV money? So, you know, we'll see. Uh, just don't panic. Um, it's going to be fine. Uh, you hear that, cheese? Don't panic. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Andy... 
I am very excited for this weekend's set of games. It's going to be another great weekend of football. Maybe not as good as last weekend, which we had to, if you have not read our uh, uh, on our site, we had to update the, I believe it was the 25 best days of college football. We had to add Saturday. Just an insane. Worthwhile addition, uh, by all yeah, means. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and also on our site this week, you should check it out. We have a series of stories, Secrets of the Coaching Carousel. Andy, uh, a lot of good stories this week. Oh, I, uh, I have myself. a, a f- fun one coming out. I it's on <laughs> Thursday. Remember yes. when Arkansas State had to hire four head coaches in four years because they kept getting it right? <laughs> yes, the price of wisdom, as they call it. Um, <laughs> uh, myself and Nicole Auerbach on Monday, uh, we have a story out about the wildest coaching search in probably modern football history, 2017 Tennessee. Lots of stuff this week. Um, so you should not miss that. And you can subscribe for 50% off as well. Andy, a quick look at the week ahead. We've glossed over a few of these ball games. Georgia, Kentucky, obviously the headliner with, uh, uh, college game day in town. Uh, the three thirty CBS game. We've got Auburn traveling to Arkansas, the Florida, goodness might be the last at Orgeron game if it gets too bad we'll see Texas A&M kind of a validation game at Missouri uh it's gonna be a a sleepy one but but A&M better not be sleepy A&M yeah exactly back to Missouri can score Missouri cannot stop the run to save their life but they can score uh Vanderbilt at South Carolina Alabama at Mississippi State and then of course the Lane Bowl in primetime on the SEC Network uh, Andy, other than Georgia-Kentucky, which is obviously a massive game, wh- what are you looking forward to most on Saturday? I think Auburn-Arkansas is going to be a, a fun game to watch because they, they feel fairly yeah. evenly matched. I think Ole Miss-Tennessee is going to be a lot of fun. Could be so Over under to, 85.5 yeah, points, yeah, Andy. Yeah, and I bet be you that number, Ole Miss-Arkansas. That number might, might get close to 90 by week's end. I don't know a lot of folks that are going to be taking the, the under there. That's going to yep. be – I don't know if they'll get there once the game starts. Uh, we'll see, uh, but – uh, yes, that's gonna be fun. Andy, I want to see the Aggies. Clanga, clanga. Yeah, I, I want to see the Aggies, Andy. Uh, is it like if you're messing around with Mizzou a week after beating Alabama, you have you have pulled one on us. You that was truly an upset and not a turning point, right? Right. If that game and had I happened. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think Missouri's built to. They aren't punish them for falling asleep at the wheel. They aren't. And that's why you shouldn't mess around. A&M should win that game handily. They should win the game up front. Uh, good get-right game for the offensive line. Um, and we'll see. So, it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Again, I'll be in uh, Athens checking out the Wildcats and the, uh, uh, and the Bulldogs. Andy, that will do it for this week's show. I did, by the way, get to... Finally make a return trip to Heim Barbecue last week. I was in Dallas for some other stories that you'll read on, on our site soon. It was wonderful. Uh, bacon Burnett's still the single best thing that I have put in my mouth in my years of living. Uh, have you uh, have you tried smashing the Bacon Burnett's into the mac and cheese? See, here's the thing with that. Is I'm, I'm concerned that it will compromise the integrity of the Bacon Burnett. It does Which not. I feel it like... It's so pure in its own that I have to do it. Now, this time, I will say I it was like 2.30, 
and I had a, I had some dinner plans with some friends at like 5.30. So I had to go a, a moderate. It was barely a meal. I just got a little bit of brisket and some burnt ends. So uh, I had to go. I couldn't I – I had a flight that night, so I had to uh, get to, out of Dallas. But it was fantastic. Um, Dallas, soon to be officially SEC country. It was a subject of some debate. Andy, during uh, when when AM left, but with Texas, uh, that I thirty five quarter, with Texas and Oklahoma, I think you can claim Dallas uh, as SEC country at this point. Anyway, that will do it for this week's football and grits. For your uh, for Andy Staples, I am your host, David Oven. Every Monday, we are talking SEC. If you would like to subscribe to the show, you should, and you can have it delivered directly to your device. That will do it for this week's. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. It always helps. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week, next Monday, for more SEC Football Talk. This has been Football and Grits. See you guys next week.